What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, the down on the docks on the other side of the tracks, dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners that you are listening to here on the Odyssey app, or hey, wherever else you're getting that podcast action from. Listen, we're not judging as long as you're liking, subscribing, and the same feelings go for YouTube as well. Also, if you haven't said hello yet, Head on over to our socials and say hello. Or if you got something strongly worded to say and you got to go there, you got to make it real official. Got to make this very formal. Hit us up at rye bread and mustard podcast at gmail.com. And listen, if you want the street cred by wearing the rye bread, by rocking that shit out on the streets, yo, you can always hit up at simply.core. That's at simply.core on Instagram or Etsy. She'll take care of you. Also, listen. And look, I also just want to give a shout out to one of our good friends here on the podcast, T-Mobile Park, Mariners announcer, been holding down this job since 87. So also the Kingdom announcer, the Safeco Field PA announcer, and the T-Mobile Park PA announcer, you know who it is, Tom Hutler, the voice of God, the voice from above. Listen, he's got something special going on right now on Cameo. Go hit him up, doing birthdays, uh, cheer-ups. Uh, maybe something kind of romantic. Maybe you can send a romantic cameo to a loved one, a friend. Maybe you just want to hear what your name would be like being announced going to the plate. Well, you can check out him on Cameo. Very affordable. Go check it out. Also, if you want to go see him in person on September the 6th at Tim's Tavern in Burien, Tom Hutler and High Cheese, that's his band, will be over there rocking out. So go check that out. Also, if you haven't checked out our episode with Brett Boone that we did last week, just scroll down there on your media player, on your podcast player. You'll see it. It's a really awesome episode. I'm really proud of it. Uh, definitely, like, definitely, we definitely, you know, this was a bucket list item he's here on odyssey he has the brett boone podcast you also should check that out but our conversation with him was him just dropping some real baseball knowledge down on us it was a lot of fun he was a really cool guy so go check that out all right now i think all the house cleaning is done and listen we're back early i know that we come in and get in your ears after each series but you know what this 14 to 2 ass kicking of the chicago white Sox was it was just too too hard to pass up so me and hanno are here breaking it down and we're gonna get into this episode right after this get ready to play hardball in the kingdom take me to the ball game i want to see the ants the mariners are playing hardball did it again and again and again Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. All right, Hanno, uh, we're we're giving the listeners a little uh, a little bonus episode before the series ends. We were we were having such a good time kicking back. This game was over with. From the second or third inning, but it wasn't over with as far as uh, the Mariners weren't over with. But this game was in the bag, I feel like, after like the second inning or the first inning. And this was very foreign. We even had our good friend Michael Smith hit me up and goes, what in the world is going on, basically? Like, what is this? And it's like, this is called cruise control. This is we're above the clouds right now. That's what this flight or this game felt like. It felt like a... Uh, 
just one of those nice continental flights across to Europe where you're above all the weather. It was nothing but smooth air for the Mariners here with this 14 to two ass kicking of the Chicago White Sox kind of feel bad for the Chicago White Sox. You could just tell, right, that they were over it. Yeah. First of all, I would say we were giddy, very giddy. giddy. And yeah, the, the, the Chicago White Sox have given up. They sure look like it. Um, it and going back to your point with Michael, um, unbelievable. I mean, the Mariners have had 15 hits or more in two straight games. Uh, we got an absolute great performance from Luis Castillo after the previous day where uh, the starter goes down in Hancock. We needed a start like that from him with the bullpen being used so much. And we got that great start from uh, Castillo who then we were able to just use the last two guys in our bullpen to rest up everybody. It was a perfect way to come off a tough series and take care of business. Yeah. And on top of that, the little cherry on top, the cherry on top, the Texas Rangers lose to Paul Seawald and the Arizona Diamondbacks. So at the time of this recording, the Mariners are only two games, two games, two games out of the West. You're only two out. That's less than a series. You could get a series sweep and come out on top. It's a good feeling. I know this is hypothetical because this we have a little bit more of a season, quite a bit more of a season to go, but it does feel good. Absolutely. I love your last point the most. We have a long way to go, but yeah, it does feel good. I mean, we talked about, I don't know, three, four episodes ago when we were 10 minutes over. We just need to get to 13 and then 15. And by golly, we're here. We're 15 games over 500. And like you mentioned, two games out of the West. We're in and locked in at a playoff spot in the wild card right now. We're right on Houston's tail and the Texas Rangers tail. I, I just can't believe it from where we came from. We've brought this up that, listen, just because you get on these hot streaks does not mean you're always going to gain ground and gain ground. And we've seen that and we've seen a lot of ground gaining. Uh, you look at Tampa Bay, you know how they started off They're They're walking away with it. They've had a lot of troubles. Uh, they've lost some people. We'll stay away from that. Uh, We've made up 10 games on them. I know that they're the top dog in the wild card uh, chase, but at one point they're running away with the East. Uh, the Rangers, we've gained some time on it. We've also gained and kicked them in the dust. Uh, and I'm talking about a New York, uh, Anaheim. These are all teams that we did make a big gain or pass them in the last month. Um, and you know what? Texas, you know, you go back and you look a couple of weeks ago, we're down six, seven games. I, I think maybe even got to like eight games still when we were kicking ass. Um, but look at us now. We're two games back and there's not a hotter team in the American League, at least in the American League West, surging forward. I know that the Baltimore Orioles and the Mariners are saying, playing at the same kind of clip, um, but uh, it's great company to be in. And then, of course, oh, sure. the Atlanta Braves in in the in the National League. Let's not forget about them. They they look scary. And 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 the uh, Dodgers. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that they just had a big streak right down here, right? You know the uh you know prior to the the flooding here. No, uh, you're exactly right. Um, 
it's hard to believe that we've made up this many games so quick. Uh, you're right. We have left the Yankees and the Angels in our dust. But like we've always said, the way you take care of business is just win on your own and things will take care of themselves. And that's what the Mariners have done. And that's been the key so far. So they just got to keep winning and keeping. That's how they can control their own destiny. Sure, they might need some help here and there. A lot of teams are going to be having some subpar opponents they're going to be playing against, just like the Mariners. So while we're playing these type of teams, we got to keep winning because the rest of the teams that we're fighting with, they're going to have those same type of matchups. So, and as you know, we've talked about coming down at the end of the season, we're going to be facing uh, the Rangers and the Astros at the end. And those are the games really that are going to be to determine the uh, season on us for us, I believe. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I look up at the standings and you, and you said it, you said it, you said it. Betcha by golly, which I haven't heard in a while, but one of my old favorite, like old, oldie favorite songs, and you ought to listen to it, Hannah, after it's called Betcha by golly, wow, by the stylistics. You can't go wrong with the stylistics. It's a banger, huh? Oh, yeah, it's a banger. The wife will like it. You know, it's, it's very romantic. Um, and so is this season. Years ago, the Mariners played in the old kingdom. Oh, back in the 1990s. <laughs> this was uh, in uh, the Pinella years. We loved that ballpark when we were kids. They used to play a song during the seventh inning stretch called Louie Louie. Now that was music. The 1993 Mariners. When it all began, call for tickets. You turn on the game today. They're in Chicago. We heard the news earlier in the day. We talked about it yesterday. Uh, I'm not going to be flying to New York. I'm not going to be getting arrested by you. Uh, the American League or the, the Major League Baseball, I should say, gave Julio Rodriguez the American League Player of the Week. Listen, you could have announced that shit last Friday. Uh, the big crazy news was you turn on the game or you get the lineups and Julio is not in the game today. And I got to be honest with you, usually that would cause for, you know, a text exchange or an online outburst. Didn't see as much as I thought I would about it. Uh, you know why? Because the Mariners are just kicking ass and there's nobody right now in the lineup or in that, I should say, in the dugout or in the clubhouse that I'm not confident in. Yeah, I mean, they scored 14 runs today. I wouldn't play them tomorrow. <laughs> I wouldn't get that crazy. <laughs> I, I think Julio just watching him on the in the dugout getting is celebrated and getting crazy. Uh, I, I I don't think you you can keep him. I don't think you can contain him in there. But it was you know no Julio, no problem. Or if this was a movie, if we could turn this a game into a movie, this is because it's in Chicago, which is pretty fitting. And also we've actually had the writer that is doing the reboot of this classic movie. And that's Ferris Bueller's day off that took place in Chicago. I think this, if you turn this game into a movie called Julio's day off, I mean, he had front row seats to an ass kicking. And again, he gets the time off after going what one for five. Damn it. You went one for five Julio and Sunday, you got to take a seat. No, it's, it's a great time for him to take a game off. You have JP Crawford coming back off the IL. We'll get into that in a second. So you have a leadoff guy. You have a, a strong leadoff hitter up there. And you also have 
Canzone and you have Marlowe and I know Demo didn't play that, but you have so many choices of players playing at the top of their game right now. It was perfect. And you have another day off this week. So you really get to rest your superstar, the, the engine of this team, you know, right before this big, long stretch. Yeah, that's the key right there. You get him off his feet. Uh, didn't need to use him at all today. The Mariners scored so many runs, two touchdowns worth. Um, he was not, he wasn't needed to pinch hit later on. And like you mentioned, they have an off day again at the end of this series. So it's a couple days off this week. And for him then to rest up and recuperate for the push, like you mentioned, yeah, it couldn't have gone any better. The Mariners coaches and Scott service, they're geniuses right now. How many times during this year that they've tried to give guys days off earlier in the year and it just hasn't happened. They've tried that with the bullpen. They've tried it some other times, and it just is it's never really gone in our favor. But when everything is going your way right now, this was the time to put that bet down. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Everything is going their way, whether it's the bullpen and spire closing, all the guys are hitting. There's nobody really that's you know slumping right now, and there's not I mean, it's just incredible. They're playing so well, and it's so exciting. Uh, can't wait to watch again today. Yeah. Uh, look, Marlowe had a good day in the field. You saw him make a really good catch in the gap. It just made you really feel good. Got some walks or got a walk scored. Yeah. And Canzone, you know, yeah, it kind of muffed a, a line drive, which we know is the hardest ball hit at you early in the game. No harm, no foul. Castillo, the rock, got us out of there. Uh, was going 0 for 4 after his big 4 for 4 game, and then he he ends up with a home run. Uh, listen, this, these are two guys, Marlo and Canzone, don't have much of a MLB resume. Not a lot of reps out there. It was good for them to get out there. And, uh, yeah, Julio, I don't think Julio could have drawn this up any better for his day off. No, you mentioned the two guys that we, we acquired here at the deadline. Both of them have been very successful late. Sure, Rojas started off his campaign with the Mariners in a little rough start. I think he was like 0 for 12 or 13, which is really not that bad when you really think about it. It's three, four games, but he sure turned it on lately, probably hitting close to 400. And you've seen what Canzone has done with his power. Uh, it's been incredible. And then, yeah, you mentioned all the home runs by these guys today, four in total. They could have easily had six. Cal hit one just like a, a piss missile off the wall. And as well as Mike Ford got robbed of one in center. So everything's working. The power, the lights, everything was uh, turned up to high intensity today for the Mariner bats. Getting into Cal, come on, 23-24. We're talking about the piss missile off the wall in the first inning uh, that really set the tone of like, hey, you know, let's set the table. We're going to we're going to clear it. Um, and, you know, it comes back with 23 and 24, 51 home runs since the start of last season. And let's not forget, he had a huge part of the season that he was down in Tacoma figuring it out. We are seeing vintage. I shouldn't even say vintage. This is second. Easy. We are seeing the cow. We we are seeing big dumper is back. Cal's been there. You know, I, I saw that divish and some other people 
retweeted his comments from earlier in the season. He was actually asked about that in, in the in the post game, and uh, you know he owns up to it. And it, it, there's nothing really to own, own up to it. He was being honest. He's always going to be honest. He also played well behind the plate today, even though there was a huge, even though there was a, quite a deficit for Chicago. I mean, him and Castillo. We'll get in Castillo in a second. Called a great game. Even the, the dribbler up line, he popped right out behind the plate, made the good throw to first base. He didn't. He does not take an entire out off. And I even loved his strikeout, his face at the end when he he struck out in his last at bat, and he was like, "Fuck it, I'm going for it," you know. So at that point in the game, uh, just love Cal. Some quick thoughts on Cal's game. Yeah, uh, just incredibly hot seeing the ball really well, hunting the fastball, adjusting the off speed. I'm sure he strikes out sometimes, but man, he's on a heater right now. He's, uh, when he hits one, he sometimes hits two, actually hits uh, more than one home run five times this year, which is second in Major League Baseball, uh, next to Olsen, behind Olsen, excuse me, for the Braves. And he uh, leads the team in home runs and also leads all catchers in home runs in Major League Baseball. So yeah, Cal is having a, a phenomenal second half and it's great to see we saw it last year and we're starting to see it again this year. Yeah. And especially for a catcher where the season can wear you down, uh, you know, for him to get stronger again here at the end of the season, especially right now where you don't have, you know, honestly a hot Tom Murphy that left the lineup with his injury and Cal since then has even pumped it up to a whole nother level. So like the timing of it is, is perfect. I mean, the other day when he had a day off, he steps in here, gets a pinch hit home run. This guy is as scary as he was billed last year. And listen, Julio's doing his thing. So this is kind of went under the radar, you know, and another guy that's kind of went under the radar right now. He's had a great week in a great couple of weeks is Teo at the plate. You know, he has these kind of ridiculous you know, tail style strikeouts that we've got really accustomed to here in the first half. But this guy just keeps on putting multi-hit and multi-RBI games together. And, you know, I was listening to the FSN or watching the FSN broadcast, so they have a different uh, set of stats that they're throwing out in the game. And one of them, though, that they showed that was like, really? And then you think about it and you go, okay, I get it. Tail is now... the has the tail right now has the highest batting average with runners in scoring position on the Mariners. So people that want to like knock tail, like, you know, sometimes numbers don't lie, especially when it comes to runs, when it comes to runs, like who brings in the runs, that's pretty hard to defute. Right. So, uh, it, he had a great adjustment in the game. I think after his first two at bats for, for that home run and, uh, you know, then he goes back to, you know, taking a few chances, but that's just what Teo's going to do. He's, he's not a guy that gets a bunch of walks. He is what he is. He's, you know, similar, but a little bit, he's similar, but has a better average. You know, he's going to hit for more average than what you get with Suarez, but you're getting a veteran right now that's been in playoff chases, played in playoff games. Um, I'm glad we have him right here down the stretch. And we talked about in the last episode might see some more DHing from him, but as long as he's in the lineup, swinging the bat in the middle of the order and swinging it, something like this, I'm, I'm very happy with it. Him. I'm very happy sure. with him. Sure. I mean, for me, what I am 
so excited about for Teo and watching him is, yeah, he does chase a bit, but what he's done is he's cut down on those chases. Um, it's not quite as frequent and you can see the success that he's had here lately. Um, Agreed. His, his hits have came up or multiple hit games he's had during this month and this streak. And that just attributes to um, his eye and how he's seeing the ball and he's not chasing. So that's a big key for him and his uh, great improvement of late here. Yeah, for real. I mean, this is a guy that when we played Toronto last year, especially in the playoffs briefly for two games, cause we, you know, took care of business. He was one of, if not, he was the guy in the line I was scared of. Like <laughs> I was legitimately scared every time he got up there. Um, you know, he, and he's one of those guys when, when he figures out a pitcher, it, it's, it's over with, he's going off of field. It, it's it's pretty successful. Same thing with Ty France. You know, Ty France again quietly. A couple of good hits. Had a couple of really good scoops on a one on a really good Eugenio uh, play early on in the game when you didn't want Chicago getting any kind of any kind of space to uh, you know make something happen. Um, thought he had quietly a good game. They actually on the FS actually on the FS. Actually, on the FS1 broadcast, he he did the interview. But listen, we could talk about everybody going down the lineup. If if, if there's somebody in the lineup that doesn't get a shout out, look, Rojas, is, like you mentioned earlier, uh, when he started off slow, you know, it wasn't any worse than what Wong was doing. Now he's just a pretty, seems like a reliable end of the lineup guy. You're going to get something out of him. You got Demo going on. But listen, when with JP Crawford coming back today also adds, like we mentioned, a reason to let Julio have a day off. It's like we need a guardian up there at the number one spot. You know, you can trust Julio, you can trust JP. Um, so it was perfect. JP comes back, sets the tone today with a walk, with a pitcher that walks everybody. Suarez even went up there after him and got a walk. And then the inning starts for you right there. And the next thing you know, you get five runs in this inning. Um, I th I'm i sure with JP coming back, also the locker room probably just was really juiced up. And he starts back off right where he left off, living on base for you. We're back, you know? Yeah. I mean, he is the leader of the infield. Um, brings a lot to the table defensively. And you mentioned, yeah, he gets on base. He's hit very well this year, but the walks have sure been key to him. And that just keeps the line moving. We've talked about that before. And I just to go back real quick on you said about France uh, scooping that play. Those are the type of plays you need, guys picking each other up. They didn't happen as frequently in the first half of the season. And you're seeing that a lot more now where guys are picking each other up. And that is key to winning baseball. It was just perfect the way the lineup just came out there and just kept putting big numbers on the board. So, you know, JP can go through the motions. You know, he sits out for a week, goes and does the uh, Aqua Sox rehab game, but there's nothing like the speed of what the, the major, there's nothing like, there's no kind of conditioning like game conditioning, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, pro wrestling. You know, it's, there's a different kind of shape. There's a different kind of, yeah, the different kind of speed. And this was perfect for him just to get out there and 
he contributed, but you didn't have to lean on JP coming back. One other thing that you wanted to talk about that we in this game, something was going on again with Cabby in this game, or 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 what was the deal? He he came in, he he replaced uh, Suarez, and he was just causing mischief again. Oh yeah, Cabby being Cabby, you know he <laughs> uh, he gets hit a lot, but if you notice, you know anything close in on him, he kind of ducks that elbow out a little bit to get the call um he's a pest i mean reminds me so much of like a richard sherman or a, a dennis rodman i mean you love him on his on your own team but you would hate him as an opponent absolutely my, my grandma norma loves this guy you know she just it's like it's just a throwback to an old ball player definitely take one for the team kind of guy here's another name i'm gonna throw it at you bruce bowen uh, uh, from the San Antonio Spurs, Keelan Dooling, the one guy that could just piss Ray Allen off. Uh, yeah, definitely has some Dennis Rodman vibes to him. The the ultimate, uh, you know, little instigator. Mind, mind, like he's in there. He's he's in your mind. Uh, he makes every at bat, whether he gets out or whatever. He definitely gets under the skin and changes the temperature of the opposing team and. Listen, anytime you get in any kind of skirmish or and you're kind of in the middle of one or two things, like we talked on yesterday's podcast, um, it, the league knows. So it's just like one of these things. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned yesterday's game with that little skirmish. We didn't talk about this. Once, you know, the dust settled and he was on first, first pitch, he takes off, swipe second. Then he's a pest and he's jiving around at second base and he goes for third. And it it was a foul ball or something like that where they sit back. But he is just the ultimate pest and he will drive you nuts. And it's so exciting that he's a Mariner because as an opponent, if he was an opponent, he would drive me nuts. Yeah. And listen, he had a nice RBI hit today. I really like that hit that he had out, out into left field, hit it hard, hit it solid. I was wondering if he was going to go for two just to be the pest, but he didn't, he knew what, we knew what time of the game it was. Hey, I had the same feeling. I mean, Benettani kind of half-assed it. And I mean, the whole White Sox looked like they half-assed it. I was thinking the same thing. I thought he was going to go for two, but he was just <laughs> happy to get the extra point and give the Mariners a, a 14 runs in that game. He is absolutely dynamic and exciting to watch. The Mariners, they put up 14 runs. They're putting up, I think, just about five and a half runs a game now this month which is the recipe for us but we have seen on occasion the mariners hop out to these big leads and we have seen this happen when like let's just say like castillo's on the mound and uh you know how he is he seems like a slower starter bigger finisher goes out in the first inning gives up a double right off the bat and you're like oh no here gosh what's going on here uh they end up getting one but castillo should have got out of that um Goes seven innings, gets nine strikeouts in this game. Great start. Uh, had a lot of time where he was sitting on the bench waiting to come back into the game in the clubhouse. Um, the, and anytime that he seemed like he got into some trouble, 
and wiggled his way out of it. I think he only had two counts. Uh, I think he only might have had two at bats where he had three balls on somebody got out of it. Um, you know, Castillo is definitely one of those greats where you might get him on the ropes, but when the defense gets him out of it, he goes back into the dugout. He sits down. He looks at his iPad or whatever he does. He comes back out and 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 makes the adjustments. Gets to seven innings, and then we put a couple of guys in at the end of the game that I had to go and go. Who's this again? One run in the first inning, but he clamped down there. From then on, after, I mean, he struck out the side at one point in one inning at nine Ks, and the most important thing was he gave up no walks. I mean, he was absolutely spectacular. We talked about the Mariners not getting wins with Luis Castillo on the hill earlier on, even though he had an ERA sub three. I mean, he's won, I think, about four or five games in a row now that he started. The Mariners have won. So, yeah, things are going well. He attacked the zone. And, yeah, he just threw fastballs. He was His velocity looked really good. It was, you know, I saw a couple times of 98, 99. Uh, he just went after him, and it, it worked, and he didn't need to change anything up. Really good game by him. Ain't that something when you you take the 47 fastballs, you get no walks? I mean, that's <laughs> that's how you draw it up. You're not going to give up a lot of walks as a major league pitcher if you're throwing your fastball. Uh, especially yeah, and locating control- it. He was locating as well, which was key. You know, sometimes he can – it looks like he might overthrow it and be a little bit off the plate, but yeah, he was locating well and, you know, blowing them away and put and saying, hit it. They know it's coming. Yeah. And I was surprised. I wasn't surprised because we have to take care of his arm. And now that we don't, it looks like with Hancock going down uh, to the, to the IL, we're probably not going with that six man rotation right now. So he had to come out in the seventh inning. I wasn't sure if he was going to go out of the game, but then I saw him in the dugout, getting the hugs. He was letting his hair down. Uh, I think he's just readjusting his bun. To me, that's always the indicator. Certain players do it different ways. You know, like you get some guys that they they won't wear the coat. They'll put on the coat. With Castillo, it's all about him uh, letting that hair breathe. That's when you know he's out of the game. Yeah, certain players have indicators, like you mentioned. That's definitely one with Luis. Uh, for me, watching King Felix, his indicator was he put in the big chaw. Um, so... I mean, it's, it's really, that's how, you know, cause you don't always know who's warming up or if anybody's warming up, but yeah, those are the indicators you notice of watching the players uh, throughout the season. It's, it's just a telltale sign of their day is done. Yeah. With Kirby and with Logan, if they're hanging out in the dugout, that means they're out of the game because they like to hang out in the hallway. That's their thing. So uh, what's the guy we haven't seen. I'm going to take a little bit more, I'm going to put a little more focus on what Miller and what Wu, when he comes back, does when we can tell that they're out of the game. Usually it's the hugs. Usually it's the high fives. But yes, with Castillo, it's him. Not with with Castillo, it's him like readjusting his hair. With Kirby and Logan, they're usually now being a normal person and <laughs> sitting on the bench and not these psychos that they are out on the mound. And yeah, with, with Felix used to love the big chew, especially when he did a good game. He'd have the big chaw in his mouth and he'd have the Gatorade towel and he'd be up on the, up, up on the railing watching the game. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was great. And, usually and begging, usually, usually, be, usually begging for runs. That That's why. 
Yeah, exactly. I know. And you know, you mentioned Wu. That's another thing. When I mentioned earlier about how uh, great this game was with the bullpen yesterday going so much, uh, getting the day off with having Castillo pitch so well, going with your two back end guys tomorrow with Wu making his first start coming back after the off the IL. You have that rested bullpen, so you have some leeway depending on how much you want to push him and how he performs that the bullpen's rested and you feel pretty good about where you're at as far as a pitching staff for tomorrow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, we are running out of time, literally, because the stream yard that we used through Odyssey was not we got logged out somehow. Maybe we got canceled. Who knows? But uh, we had to use Zoom today. The free Zoom. <laughs> we're running out of time. When I say, hey, we're usually running out of time usually means like just want to get the episode, uh, you know, uh, published, uh, you know, early in the morning. We have to have these things out early in the morning for our East Coast people. So. And the Marin so when you follow a West Coast team, you're usually up against the clock. We're up against the clock because we're using the free Zoom just to get this episode out to you that Hannah and I went through just about an hour figuring out how we we're going to do this episode because we were just pumped. We were just like, let's do an extra one. But guess what? You're not surprised or caught off guard when these episodes come out and you don't miss one when you like and subscribe and all that good shit. So this is a perfect example of why you got to do that. If you're going to check this out on YouTube, we're just going to have the logo up. You don't get to look at our lovely faces and our expressions for this. But we had to get out here and we had to do this. We have more that we wanted to talk about. The FS1 broadcast was pretty good tonight. I know we had a discussion that people chimed in on on the app games like Apple, um, Peacock, whatever. Uh, they were on regular national cable tonight, FS1. I thought they did a great broadcast uh, on the Mariners, and they are definitely into the Mariners. Dontrell Willis is definitely into the Mariners. Dexter Fowler, definitely into the Mariners. Look, we're up in the clouds right now. We're on cloud nine. We're two games behind the AL West leading Texas Rangers, as we said at the top. We're getting down to our last minute here, Hanno. I'm excited, aren't you? I don't yes. even know how to end this shit. Well, I do. I want to give one last shout out to the Northeast Little League, who is in Williamsport. They've won two games in a row. Sure, they're not my Little League, Northwest, and by damn sure, they're not Ballard Little League. But congratulations to them. I hope that they can uh, continue their success and win the U.S. championship and win the whole thing. Congratulations to Northeast Little League. Yeah, congratulations. You got to hold it down for the 206. Anyways, this is our impromptu episode. Hopefully we can get this out. Hopefully we get, Hopefully you're hearing this in the morning and it all recorded. Game time is 5 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. With that being said, Hanno, you know what time it is. Charge.